Did you know that squid-owned businesses account for 27% of the global economy? It's a statistic that isn't true, but that's the way it should be. some fun for you today we better start it right off with the game show this week on the game show we're playing monopoly in the game of monopoly all the players start in a perfectly equal society where no one owns any property and the wealth is distributed equally. Then, through an entirely legal process, the ownership of all property in existence is transferred to a single person. Let's play! First, make friends with the bankers so that they will give you $200 every time you walk by. Don't think of it as a handout. You'll be working closely with those bankers for the whole game, and this is really just a way of investing in your business. Is it legal? Well, that's for the regulators to decide. You'll be starting the game with some working capital, so it's a good time to put that money to work by starting a business. Now, starting a business can be a real roll of the dice, but sometimes you just gotta take a chance. Card. Make a good product that people need. If you decide to make a product or service that people don't actually need, then be prepared to spend lots of money on advertising and for product placement in movies. This helps create a culture where the masses demand the product you provide. A good example of this is a company like Coca-Cola, which uses an expansive global marketing strategy to sell over 500 billion drinks of sugar water each year. like Coca-Cola, you may be able to convince your government to fund your enterprise and even make your business profitable. In the United States, to control food prices, the government will pay farmers money not to grow things. Taking advantage of government subsidies allows you to tap into that community chest and lower your risk, but that's a different game with a lot more dice. 
If you have competitors, either make your product superior or cheaper, or at all possible junctures, remove your competition either by paying them off, buying them out, or decimating their market share. If you're looking to enter a new market, it can be very effective to undercut the existing local competition. You can do this by dumping massive amounts of product onto the market at seriously low prices. Smile face. As long as you have the capital to sustain the practice for long enough, it's only a matter of time before your competitors will have to close up shop. Companies like Walmart.org and Amazon.net do this very effectively. These practices will wreak havoc on the local economy for a number of years, and you can use that to your advantage. With the local buying power depressed, you'll be able to corner an even larger segment of the market because you've got the lowest prices in the area. It's a vicious cycle for them, but a virtuous cycle for you. Once they forget you shuttered out all their local businesses, your low prices will help give your business a great reputation and will foster goodwill for generations to come. Once you have enough buying power, you can start to dictate the pricing within your own supply chain. Your suppliers will have no choice but to accept your terms, and in turn, they'll have to raise their prices when they sell to your competitors so they can make up the difference. It's like a win-win for you, because now your cost of goods has gone down, while your competitor's cost of goods has gone up. Now, if you want to take this methodology one step further, I'd suggest pursuing a path of vertical integration. This is where you basically buy up all the other businesses that supply your product. If any of your competitors share these suppliers, well good luck to them. You can now charge at really exorbitant rates, if you decide to continue supplying them. Since you're already good at running a business, you can probably consolidate a lot of the administrative costs for the businesses you've just purchased. After a hefty round of layoffs, you'll be able to trim your supply costs down even further. If any of the businesses you've purchased happen to be unionized, you'll run across those unions to bring down labor costs. Just threaten to move their jobs to another country and they'll cave. And if they don't, fire them all and move their jobs to another country. When it comes to vertical integration, you can take it one step further and start to buy up transportation and energy services. Railroads are still an important way to transport goods. You'll want to buy all of them. Reading, Pennsylvania, B&O, and even that other one that everyone forgets. Controlling the means of distribution will keep your costs down and give you a leg up on your competitors. You also want to own other utilities. The electric company, the waterworks, the internet. Privatization of infrastructure that provides basic human services is a great way to make money. Let's face it, people pay for things they need. And if there's no other option, they'll pay a lot more than they should. And do you know what the difference is between what they should pay and what they will pay? Profit. Now, if you ever start to waver in your conviction here, I recommend that you look to the works of Ayn Rand to back up your selfish and discompassionate ideologies. Remember, you're not doing anything wrong, you're just playing that game that you found in your dad's closet. At some point along the way, you'll also become a property owner. You'll definitely want to own the building that houses your business, because you can get tax breaks for that. 
but it's also likely you'll want to also own additional properties. The fast dealing property trading game is a pretty lucrative one. Remember, land is not a resource to be lived on, it's a commodity to be bought and sold and traded. And if people living on that land don't realize that, well too bad for them, because the best deals on land are usually in the poor parts of town. Start buying houses, then the more property you own, the higher you can raise the rent. If that doesn't satisfy you, knock down those houses and build hotels. Get the people who used to live in those houses to work in your hotels. Pay them minimum wage. That's all they need. That's why they call it that. You could pay them less, but in the game of Monopoly, we play by the rules. Speaking of rules, there will occasionally be some that stand in your way. It could be antitrust laws, like trade restrictions, or environmental protections, or unemployment laws. Whatever it is, there's always a way to change them in your favor if you play smart. One indispensable part of the game is your political strategy. Donate to every candidate who is up for election to make sure that if they're victorious, they'll owe you favors and will take legislative actions that benefit you and your business. If you want to take this a step further, the Supreme Court has made it a lot easier. Thanks to Citizens United, corporations now have the same free speech rights as people. And since you get more speech when you have more money, that means you can spend sacks full of cash to influence an election in favor of your preferred candidate. Then they'll really owe you a big favor once they're in power. With your candidate in office, you'll need to hire a few people to help you follow up and make sure the candidate makes a good return on your investment. And for that, you'll need lobbyists. There are two different kinds of lobbyists you'll want to hire. First, you'll want some lobbyists who have worked for the state and federal agencies as regulators. They'll be able to help you successfully navigate all the legal loopholes of each agency as you attempt to write legislation that favors your business. Second, you'll want to hire former members of Congress. You'll have to pay a lot, but it's worth it. They'll know exactly which political levers to push to get your legislation inserted as riders or earmarks or multi-pass legislation. This will virtually guarantee that your manipulators of the legislative process avoid public scrutiny. Now, when you play Monopoly, one final thing to consider is the importance of investing in the distribution of capitalist ideologies. You can do just a few things to help cultivate a cultural mythology of individualism and to champion private property over public. I recommend funding think tanks, leadership training, and economic research that supports your business practices. Get into the creative sector and fund artists and entrepreneurs. Maybe even a board game. On the academic side, funding professors who do research not only helps justify your ideologies to the media, but can help ensure that those ideologies are being taught in educational institutions for decades to come. In the same vein, you might also consider it advantageous to own a media company. You'll get free advertising for all your products, and you can hire loads of pundits to share your ideologies with the world at large. If you dress it up like a news show, people will never even question if your reasoning is sound. Now, if you made it this far in the game, if things ever go wrong, you're in a really good position. You've built up a really big business, and you control a whole lot of wealth and power. 
You've become too big to fail, and that's when you receive your get-out-of-jail-free card. That means that no matter how much your mistakes disrupt the economy, you'll never be held accountable. This allows you to be even more reckless in your business practices without worrying about doing any jail time. Maybe you'll have to pay a fine or something, but that fine will only be a small fraction of the amount of wealth you've been able to extract from the economy. Now all you really have to do is just let time take its course and eventually all the property will be yours and the entire world will be in debt to you. You should be able to maintain the status of victor as long as you keep your politicians paid off, keep the laws in your favor, and continue fostering that culture of individualism. If you've been able to do all of these things, well, congratulations! You are the winner of the game of Monopoly! You've successfully turned an equitable society into one in which you control all of the wealth and power. The entire universe is now in debt to you. How does it feel? Are you satisfied now?